Welcome back to the Evidence-Based Rheumatology Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Putman, and this is episode 56. Withdrawal of low-dose prednisone in lupus patients with a clinically quiescent disease for more than one year, a randomized controlled trial. This was published in the Annals of Rheumatic Diseases. The first author is Alexis Mathian. Now, this paper already made the rounds on Twitter, so for some of you, this critique may be familiar. But this paper combines some things that I love and some things that I don't love so much into a nice, tidy package and addresses a really interesting question in the management of patients with lupus, so I thought I'd talk about it today. For background, we're not totally sure what to do with 5 milligrams of prednisone in patients with lupus who we have never really been able to get off. I have this collection of patients myself that are on 5 milligrams of prednisone, and I'm scared to taper them, but I'm also a little worried about what's going to happen if I don't. Observational cohorts have shown that over half of patients who have lupus wind up on long-term glucocorticoids. We all know the results of long-term steroid therapy, which include bone loss, weight gain, diabetes, etc. Now, this manuscript describes a group who tried to address the question of whether or not we can taper such patients in a randomized controlled trial. So it was conducted in France from the French National Reference Center for Lupus. So this is a big group that treats a lot of lupus. It was conducted from 2014 to 2018. They get into the trial. Patients had to be 18 years of older with a diagnosis of lupus according to the ACR classification criteria. Now, they weren't looking for any random people with lupus. They were looking for people with what they called clinically quiescent lupus for at least one year. So this is that subset of people who we think are in remission but are still on prednisone. They define this by a Salinas-Ledi score of less than or equal to 4, BILAG scores of D or E for all organ systems, a physician global assessment of 0, and a treatment regimen that included prednisone of 5 mg per day and stable antimalarials or other immunosuppressants. In short, to get into this trial, you could have a little bit of something, a little rash, maybe a little joint pains, but none of it could be active, physician couldn't think you were active, and you needed to be on prednisone. Eligible subjects were randomized one-to-one to to either continue prednisone, 5 milligrams daily, or to go into what they call the withdrawal group. Now, the withdrawal group was kind of wonky. Patients were immediately switched from 5 milligrams of prednisone to 20 milligrams of hydrocortisone. This is technically a roughly equivalent dose of hydrocortisone, so they really didn't change that much aside from the formulation. This went on for one month, and then patients were stopped abruptly. That gets to my first real critique of this study, which is that that is just not how most of us practice. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a practicing rheumatologist who routinely takes a patient from 5 milligrams long-term prednisone down to zero. Giving hydrocortisone in place of that was sort of their attempt to hedge and say that they were still tapering people, but truthfully, I would taper these people over a very long period of time. Now, the primary efficacy endpoint was a proportion of patients experiencing a flare on the Sleda Sledi flare index. They had a bunch of secondary endpoints that included bilag, sleet eye, etc., but none of them wound up mattering because the message of this trial was pretty clear. Patients were evaluated at baseline 3, 6, 9, 12 months. Follow-up data was collected to 52 weeks regardless of outcome, and the analysis was done with intention to treat. All more or less appropriate. Ultimately, 1,416 patients were assessed for enrollment. That is a lot of patients with lupus, and they only randomized 124. Automatically, you can see that there's some selection here where a lot of patients don't meet criteria for this study. That's problematic because it's less generalizable, but I also do like that they kept this on this narrowly defined question. Randomized patients were either allocated to the withdrawal group or to the maintenance group. There was a lot more discontinuation in the withdrawal group 
There was no loss to follow-up whatsoever between either group. That's a little bit surprising. Typically, we lose a couple to follow-up, but perhaps the French are very good at making sure that patients come back to clinic. Now, patients who got in this trial are also relatively appropriate for this question in some ways that I was surprised by and somewhat encouraged by. So on average, they were 41 years old. The vast majority, 90%, were women. Disease duration was around 150 months. That's a long time to have lupus. In that time period, the average amount of time that patients had received corticosteroids was 140 months, give or take. That's a long time to be on steroid. So we're talking about 10 years of continuous steroid in these patients. Now this feeds back to my other complaint where I said we dropped them off a little bit too quickly. You're dropping off patients who have been on prednisone forever a little bit too quickly. Interestingly, about a third of the patients had had lupus nephritis in the past. That's really impressive. I think a lot of the time we're a little more hesitant to stop prednisone in patients like that, and I'm glad they're included because this gives us greater generalizability. A little under 30% had a low C3, and a little under 50% had increased double-strand DNA. So these are those people who are kind of serologically active, although not clinically active. 90-some percent were on Plaquenil. Again, the French who ran this study seem to be pretty good at managing lupus. So what did they wind up finding? Well, using the Salinas Lidi flare index, in the group that was maintained on prednisone, there were 7% of patients flared. In the group that had with prednisone withdrawn, 27% of patients flared. That's a 20% absolute difference or a number needed to treat of five patients. What that tells me is that if you have five patients do their withdrawal strategy, one of them will wind up flaring with lupus. That's the kind of information that would make me change my practice. Now, I said that there are a number of secondary endpoints, but truthfully, the story is the same, so I don't think it's worth going into them. They had a pretty Kaplan-Meier curve. It reinforces the point. There is no difference in damage accrual between either group, but this isn't the group of patients where you'd expect that anyway. 10 or 15 years into your course with lupus on immunosuppressants, these patients tend not to accrue damage anyway, so I don't think that that's very helpful. Adverse events were roughly similar between the two, and some of the feared complications, like the development of lupus nephritis, there's one in one group, two in the other, not much we can make as far as conclusions from that. Now, they did a nice thing in table three where they showed what kind of manifestations constituted the flare, um, how high their Salinas Sledi score went, what they were treated with, and it's kind of an interesting look into what actually happened. I really appreciate that they did this because a lot of the time this sort of thing is opaque. My gestalt, and they also said this in the paper, is that most of the flares that occurred were mild to moderate. So the vast majority of people who did have a flare, they developed things like arthritis or a little bit of rash. Most patients who flared required a little bit more prednisone, and that was it, but some of them did have an immunosuppressant added on, and there was numerically more of this in the group that had prednisone withdrawn. Now, there's a little bit more in the supplemental index, and they did look at the risk of flare by subgroups, but all of these analyses are a little bit suspect, and truthfully, they don't change the picture. At the end of the day, withdrawing prednisone the way these authors did caused one in five patients to flare from their lupus. These flares tended to be mild or moderate, but they were real, and they required treatment. That's a nice, succinct, and potentially practice-changing result, so let me unpack this a little bit with three critiques that I have of this trial. The first one I've already alluded to, which is that they dropped patients off of a prednisone cliff. Although there is no evidence of this in the trial, they didn't track cortisol levels to make sure that adrenal insufficiency didn't rear its head, and I think that a little bit of adrenal crisis can actually feel like a lupus flare for patients. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if a couple of these patients were just feeling the effects of coming off steroids. 
More to the point, and this is my second concern, even if they didn't have any adrenal insufficiency, taking someone who has been relying on prednisone for over a decade to control their lupus symptoms, and then in an unblinded fashion, taking them off of prednisone is going to cause some issues. These are not hard endpoints we're using. We're asking patients if they had things like arthritis, joint pains, and they're saying yes or no. That's a very subjective endpoint. Now, in fairness to the authors, they had a blinded adjudicator. So the physicians themselves, who were aware of the treatment group, weren't technically defining the flare. But at the end of the day, that interaction and the patients understanding their illness can influence this endpoint. Even things that you would think are objective, like serositis, pericarditis, pleuritis. Remember that in order to diagnose that, the patient has to come in and give you a concern that leads to an echocardiogram or EKG or chest x-ray. You can imagine that a patient who has been taking prednisone or relying on it for so long is taken off, they start to notice aches and pains a little more than they would have otherwise. And then last, this clinical trial, as with many clinical trials, assessed over a relatively short period of time the benefits and risks of a therapy. In this case, the risks of withdrawing prednisone are, of course, flares, which you're going to notice over the first year. The benefits of withdrawing prednisone are going to accrue over a very long time. I don't expect getting someone off of 5 milligrams of prednisone to help them very much over the near term. This is a 5, 10 years down the line sort of thing. And in a group of patients who are on average 40, 45 years old, they have a lot of good years left, and I would love it if they could spend those years not on prednisone. So bringing it all together, how does this trial affect my practice? Well, first, I think this trial was flawed from the beginning. Patients should have been blinded. It's not that expensive to get placebo prednisone. And I think that they should have tapered the prednisone. It wouldn't have been that hard to put together some sort of regimen that more closely approximates how we practice clinically. Say they had tapered by one milligram every month until off. By six months, all the patients should theoretically be off prednisone. And over that time period, I think a lot of us who are concerned about adrenal insufficiency would have been substantially less concerned. What this trial tells me clearly is that you shouldn't drop patients from five milligrams of prednisone to zero milligrams of prednisone. As far as my own practice is concerned, this does make me a little bit more hesitant to taper prednisone, but I think you have to try. It's reassuring that many of the patients who had flares had flares that could be treated with just a little more prednisone. For someone who's young with lupus, I think it's good to at least give them that opportunity to be prednisone-free going forward. I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to drop by my Twitter at ebroom and give me feedback on this episode and what you think. Thanks again and have a great week.